welcome to episode 117 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john how are you doing tonight i'm doing pretty all right actually i am riding on the coattails of winning two magic events in a row Ooh, that's <laughs> nice what what you've been playing is that a that's a silly question it is well yesterday i played standard and today i drafted oh okay Today's draft was a train wreck, but I wound up getting, like, paid off in, in pack three, where I just took a bunch of good black cards. I got, like, a pick five murder pack three. Oh, my God. Like, it was the first card in the pack, and I literally just slammed it through the table. Like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't even look at what else was in the pack. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I had, like, seven white spells in the entire deck, and I had, like, two of the Yarrick Svenlurker and two Mind Rot. So I had like this curve out like magical Christmas land that I never actually did. So I'm just like, I don't really feel like mind riding when they have four cards in hand. I'd rather cast this one three Griffin. So shout- <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with this. Shout out to your boy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> the the deck was basically had good removal and mediocre finishers, but that's all you need when you have good removal. So yeah, and then uh, so. Yesterday for FNM, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> My round one was against Robert. All right, and he's kind of been like semi tilted lately playing against me because he just hasn't beaten me in forever. So, game one, I have two uh, to call to honor guards in play, and he's playing Sultai. <laughs> And I've basically gone ham with Krenko. Uh Krenko at this exact moment in time is like a 7-6. Or sorry, a 7-8. Like, he is a behemoth. Oh my god. Wrecking everything. I have over 20 tokens in play. Like, and they're holding off his entire board state because he can't, like, he's forced to chump block with his guys or risk me blowing him out with double blocks. So he's just chump blocking. Yeah. I'm holding up his terror board state with these goblins and I make a mistake where like, I just turn everything sideways. My goal is to put him super low. I get him down to six, but in turning, I turned everything sideways is sideways except one to Cotley honor guard. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I, I have the one to lose, right? Like losing the one is fine. There's really nothing he can do to blow me out here. Because I know he's digging for a cast down to kill one. Yep. So like, even if he finds cast down, I don't think he can kill me. Because, like, what's the worst he can have? Like, I'm expecting him to just gain a bunch of life using uh, Wild Girth Walker. Oh, yeah. So he... Um, Tamio Tickups names cast down. Finds a cast down. This is after he blocked and ate my one honor guard that I attacked with. Yeah, I figured. This was the one mistake that I know for certain I made this game. Yep. Was attacking with that honor guard. So he finds the cast down, casts down my honor guard, and casts a main deck Massacre Girl. (laughs) Get (laughs) I got destroyed. (laughs) Like, I like... I am at four life. Yep. I have literally nothing to deal with this massacre girl. I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and we're, um, I'm not, I am not shitting. Like, it is like everything on that board got like negative 30 from the number of goblins and shit that died. Yeah. Like, like it was it literally ridiculous. everything in the world dies. Like, <laughs> it's like, who the hell expects a main deck massacre girl, right? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Mind that you, card's sweet. Yeah, I was main decking a Massacre Girl when I actually first uh, built my build of Green Black. Still uh-huh. wasn't expecting the main deck Massacre Girl. Uh, Apparently he main yeah. decks two now. Really? Yeah, because of online, he runs into a lot of aggro decks, and it's just really good against aggro, obviously. I mean, yeah, it just kills everything. So I get destroyed. I run him over game... Uh, two, and game three is like a close little back and forth. I draw like one too many lands, and I just die. So, like, it's, alright, whatever. Uh, I crush my round two opponent on mono red, just 2-0, not even close. I don't care what anyone says, that matchup is almost unlosable if I draw any reasonable mix of lands and spells. If you do anything reasonable, it's just like, alright. Yeah. 
autopilot. Yeah. You, your your sideways creature is smaller than my sideways yeah. creature. <laughs> I then get the round three buy. <laughs> free wins are free wins. Uh, well, there's only five of us for standard. Oh, okay. I then proceed to get first place <laughs> with Robert getting second, which just tilts him to no end because he beat me. <laughs> but the reason why is because I 2 0'd him. The mono yep. red player 2 0'd him, or he 2 1'd me. I 2 0'd yep. the mono red player. The mono red player 2 0's him. Yep. So I have one more game win under my belt than he does. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like tilted about it for like the rest of the night, which is kind of funny. Just, just rub it in his face, will you? Pretty much. I, I literally did. Like, I walked up, I grabbed my pack. Uh, because there was five of us, they cracked. We got the choice between taking the promo, which was uh-huh. a fluster storm, or getting a random card out of the pack for the yep. the pack. Uh, there was nothing in the pack worth more than fluster storm. So I just took the fluster storm. Oh, yeah. So I grabbed my two packs, I grabbed the fluster storm, and as I walked by them, I literally flex on them. <laughs> Because I'm a dick to my friends. <laughs> you're, you're kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, All I know is that deck is sweet. Like, it is. I just want to play that deck all the time, and I don't even care. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I already was kind of like turned off from like buying like boxes of m20 just because i'm kind of like burnt out it's so nice that i literally owned everything i needed to upgrade this feather deck to being a deck i can play what was it like four cards eight four temple of triumph four gods willing oh you are playing the four temple yeah i'm playing all four okay so it's like just that just flat that i'm like this is everything like this is perfect yeah, I have a like tier one standard deck, and I literally had to do nothing for it. Oh man, like I mean, even I almost have have it built. Like I'm sitting here holding like over half of it at least. Obviously, yeah. you gave me most of it, but I had a bunch of it too. So yeah, like you know, you already have your gods willing. That's the main upgrades. So. Yeah, I actually had to pick through my bulk and find the M- the um, Masters twenty five ones because I love those. I decided to kick it with the Masters 25 over OG Theros. Yeah, me too. So, I think they're sweet, but just slightly nicer flame fits more frame fits more with the aesthetic of the deck. Yeah, although the one thing I am disappointed about is I went and got Kaladesh Shock, um, because I had them sitting in a box next to me. I <laughs> mm. didn't want to go dig out any of my other ones. Normally when I play Shock, I actually run my Onslaught ones. But I actually run Kaladesh Shocks in this deck, so. Fair enough. Or not Kaladesh, I run the new, the Kaladesh Art of Shock. I'm pretty sure they're yeah. actually M19, because I just, like, dug them out when I wanted yeah, them. Yeah, mine are actually the, well, Aether Revolt, I guess, technically. But the Kaladesh Art ones, yeah. My The Aether Revolt ones are the actual ones I run. But Alright. So, um, uh... Do you want to get into what we're going to do, or do you um, uh, want to shout furiously at clouds? All right. <laughs> so, this episode was kind of like a little throwaway thing that Fletcher said. What was it, last week or the week before? Yeah. Uh, he was like, I'm pretty sure we could just make an episode... Of me taking random questions off Reddit and asking them to you. I was like, do it. <laughs> there, there's the backstory for this one. Uh. Yeah, so that's what this is going to be. Although one of these one of these is just like a personal rant that I want to make. Do you want to make your personal rant? Yeah, we're just going to get this. We're just get, just this get your personal rant out of the way. So I've been seeing a lot of complaints lately on the internet about people who are like, so, the first arena pre-release code gave you a free sealed event. Yep. The second arena pre-release code gave you a free draft event. Yep. Ranked draft. And, ranked draft. Or best of three draft, actually. So, traditional draft, sorry. And the last one they did gives you six free packs. And people are complaining about this. They're like, all of these things cost Watsy the same amount of money. 
there's no reason they can't just give you a free uh, sealed event or a free draft or yada yada yada. These people are all f***ing morons. And they really... like Every time I read or see something like that, it just pisses me off even more. So here's the thing. A, they're giving to you it for free. There's a way to incentivize newer players who go to pre-releases to then have something when they go back on Arena. It's not meant for people who are the kind of people who are like have a lot of social media followers or other podcasts to complain about not getting free shit. F*** you, you entitled twat waffles. Also, this does actually cost Watsy money because there's the potential purchases that people will make that, let's be real, they're, if they get a, if you like Fletcher himself has said, you know he with that free sealed he got he did like three straight free sealed events. Yeah, I I did really good on one that that one. Now Fletcher's not going to buy into those sealed events anyways because he's not going to put money into the game. But it takes me a long time to get the gems for that. Yeah, but that's three sealed events that a normal person would have had to pay for to get mm-hmm. into at least the first one. Or if I would have that got is... a sealed event for this season, I would have used the money to buy the mastery track. Mm-hmm. And then they're out the cost of the mastery track. Yeah. So there is literally the potential purchases that you are losing if you give people free events. Do I think Watsy should give people free sealed events for going to a pre-release? I do. I legit think it would be really good because you have new people who go to a pre-release, they play in a sealed event, and now they get to play in another sealed event, and they're already accustomed to what that sealed event is. I think that just flows nicely. I agree. Do I think yep. Do I think Watsi is in any way, shape, or form obligated or should do this out of like the goodness of their heart? No. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I love the, I like the free events and stuff like that. I think it's really cool to be able to do that. But like, yeah, it's like, I'll admit, because I didn't know what I got, what we got from the thing. I just kind of punched the code in and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll I'll see what event I get or something like that. And I got packs. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. And I just moved on with my life. But (laughs) yeah, one of the complaints was literally someone's like six free packs. Like, that's like, you know, what do I care about six free packs? It's like. It's free, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Well, are you good? You feeling better? I When I first told you to put this on there, I was, like, literally livid and just wanted to, like, cuss up a storm. <laughs> uh, I've calmed down since Thursday. I, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> actually livid with like the self-entitlement of people it was mind-boggling to me (laughs) okay well we'll get into our air quotes main topic now so uh, as john said this is literally just a bunch of questions off reddit that i wanted to ask you just to see how this turns out mostly um this this episode has the chance of being really really fun or really really dumb yes or both or both yes (laughs) one both maybe neither um, like, cause let's be real, cracker packs are really, really fun. Yeah, but they're also kind of dumb. Yeah, they're not really worth really So, um, <laughs> there is a very random assortment of questions here. Um, they cover everything. Some of them are really interesting. Some of them have deterministic answers that there's actually a correct answer that I'm going to ask. I just I'm going to ask you the question to see what you say. Uh, most All of them right. are opinion based, though. So. All right. Um, and then I do have a few, yeah, as I said, I have a few sprinkled in there for some that are just like absolutely ridiculous. So, all right, you ready, John? Bring it. All right. I will read the post title and the, the, um, uh, first comment with, or the comment from the person who posted it. So you ready? Yep. Okay. Post title. So I'm excited. Uh, so we're going to start out legit. So. Um, the post is, what's going to replace Bridge from Below and Bridgevine now? Since I haven't seen this yet, I'm simply going to ask the question, what's going to replace Bridge from Below now that it's banned? I don't own the deck, but I always thought it'd be a cool idea and a different take from just the regular old Dredge deck, but quite well understood the deck was way too strong. 
would have preferred banning Altar of Dementia so that would have kept the deck mostly intact and powering it down where the deck should be. But since Bridge got the ban hammer, what is everyone's take or assumption on what could replace it? Or is this deck just gone for good? So my first answer is the most obvious one. Bridge Vine is obviously gone for good because Bridge is no longer there. So you can't call it Bridge Vine anymore now. <laughs> it's just going to be something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to be just on principle. Yep. But um, that really comes down to what specifically the build of that particular Bridge Vine player was. A lot of Bridge Vine decks didn't actually play Vine. They played, like, a Bridge Hogak build or something yeah. like that. Um. And a real, as a result of that, a really, really easy just slot in is actually putting the Vines back in. Vengevine is a very, very powerful magic card just on its face. It is a potentially free 4-3 with haste. Mm -hmm. Like, that is nothing to scoff at. I actually really like Vengevine as a magic card. There's a reason why it's always been, like, 10 to $20. <laughs> like, it's never dropped even when it's on no play. The card is legit gas. Mm-hmm. Um, you do lose a lot of like the raw flood the board potential by no longer having uh, bridge from below anymore, but it's it's kind of like how um, Dredge lost the ability to quotations play fair when they rebrand uh, Grave Troll. I they had to reban it. Yeah, <laughs> like one of the best, one of the legit like valid things you could do with the Dredge deck was you just hard cast your troll. And it's a 12-12. And that is really hard for someone to deal with. It would just bring the pain. And when they banned it, that was no longer an option. You no longer had the ability to do something like that. Uh, another option would actually be to play something like Prized Amalgam. Because casting Hogak out of your graveyard will buy back your Prized Amalgams. And it's just like just like the Dredge decks. But basically, I'm pretty sure like there's just going to be like dredge without hogak and dredge with hogak would make the most sense yeah but i mean you could still just have the the engine aspect of something like a carrion feeder and hogak just like repeatedly sacking to like grow the carrion feeder and triggering your stuff to buy back your prized amalgams so maybe something like a weird zombie build i don't know who knows right yeah like, like dredge is gonna do dredge things i think regardless of whether bridges are around or not yeah, well, that's the thing, is, like, actual Dredge never played Bridge, yeah. which is something that was really sweet in Modern. Like, mm -hmm. Dredge, Bridge, Bridge, Vine, and Dredge were two very different decks that did very, quotations, different things, i.e. one of them is way more broken than the other <laughs> in Hogak. Yeah, yeah. But... It's really weird thinking of Dredge as being the more fair of the two decks, but here we are. This is the world we live in. But... <laughs> okay. So... What? That was actually a good question. I know, that's why I actually asked it. <laughs> yeah. As something that I literally have put no thought into whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I do have a history playing Bridge from Below decks because I'm a big fan of Bridge from Below. I know you are. That's why I was like, yeah, that's good. All right. What are the stupidest MTG cards you've ever seen? Real or made by other idiots so the co the first comment on it is pyrophobia goat nap that's just modern horizons here we go <laughs> that's that, that's that's what the person said when they posted this i know i'm just i'm disagreeing with the person what's wrong with pyrophobia i don't know just take it for what the you will it's like i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna take this right away. i'm gonna go on a different tangent go so here's here's the thing about pyrophobia it's weird, but it's flavorful, right? Uh -huh. Like, that's the entire thing with Pyrophobia, is you literally light one person on fire, and everyone else is now scared of it. I mean, that's... That is flavorful and sweet. That's a fair thing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that was also a legit thing in that format, because changelings are cowards. Yep. Fun fact, changelings can't block other changelings if you have a bold, weird intimidator in play. <laughs> like, I don't think that the super flavorful cards like Goatnap and... <laughs> with which is obviously a reference to the goblin goat napper. Mm -hmm. I don't think cards like that are actually stupid in my opinion, because they're like, they're telling a story through their flavor. And like that, that's just a sweet little excess thing you have there. Right? Like if you really want to talk about a card that I think is legit stupid and magic, it's fucking carnage tyrant. 
Like that card was literally created with the intent of people not being able to interact with it at all. And that's exactly what it does. And that is a terrible, that is, that is not good magic. Not interactive magic is not good magic. Like, you know, if you had, like, if you watch someone playing Bridgevine and you watch someone playing Dredge, that's not good magic going on. <laughs> that's two people just playing in the mud. Yeah, right. And it's weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like my personal opinion on like what makes a card dumb versus not dumb is like it's the non-interactive stuff that I consider to be dumb. As to where like the sweet little cute things, like you know, goat nap, which is hilarious. <laughs> Or like any of those things. Uh, like I don't think I don't think of those as being like stupid magic cards because like yeah, a lot of the stuff might just seem like flavor text on there, but it's not actually flavor text like in it's not true it's not true it's not stupid just because it seems like it's flavor text. Like it does have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like flavor text and art are not the only things that tell you a story in a magic card. What that card does is also a big part of telling yeah. that story. I.e. murder. Yeah. Rescue from the Underworld is a perfect one, too. Exactly. Like, that That one is an actual honest-to-God, like, uh, legend from Greece. Yeah. It's the dude going to save his yeah. wife, right? Like, it perfect. And just beautifully captured on a card. Like... <laughs> yeah. But. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's actually a card that... Uh, uh, what was the? Oh, that I think that was a different stack, not this one. Dang. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking for that uh, that worm or whatever that made you sacrifice. Oh, like, I can't remember that. I think I ended up it. with that actually. That thing. That thing's a stupid magic card. You want to talk about stupid magic cards? God damn. Here we go. Thresher beast. That's a stupid magic card. Uh, okay. All right back onto naming some cards so root cage root, that's, that's a stupid magic card mercenaries don't untap during their controllers untap step narrow what kind of inbred format you have to have or that's valid i think changeling um okay so yeah <laughs> um what is the most complex card to use properly i just learned again remembered that there is a 350 page book just about gush and its proper uses i'm obviously not expecting that length of response but what do you consider to be the most complex card to cast or use properly i personally consider it to be brainstorm because of all of its different proper uses casting it then fetching tucking it a miracle with it responding to hand destruction by uh, disruption by tucking your most important cards casting it right before a scry effects and a few others all right so there's a little bit to unpack here yep First of all, mad respect to him. Steve Menendian is a long-winded, semi-self-righteous individual who thinks he's always the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. He's a vintage player that literally runs in their yep. blood. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Writing a 300-and-some-odd page about specifically Gush is kind of ridiculous. The card is powerful, and there's a lot of play to it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, I can definitely see where he's coming from with Brainstorm. Mm -hmm. Although I do think... I think Brainstorm is a very, very complicated magic card. Yeah. I do think people play it wrong, i.e. Fletcher. Oh, yeah, dude, I am the worst <laughs> Brainstormer ever. I just get so excited to cast it. <laughs> like, but I do think a lot of the complexity does get somewhat overblown. Yeah. Because a lot of it just comes down to creating the proper heuristics in your yeah. brain. Right? Like... Saving it for when you need to save it, not casting it when you should cast it, yada, yada, yep. yada. Like, a lot of the complex things in Magic are not actually as complex as people think mm -hmm. they are. Uh, one thing that I actually do think is a truly complex thing, actually, is something like Aether Vial. Okay. Which seems like a very, very simple card to use, obviously. It's like, you play it, you tick it up, you cast your spells for free, because you're not actually casting them. But, like, knowing when you are and are not supposed to actually tick it up to, like, you know, two to three to four and when you want to stop it and yada, 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 not forgetting your triggers like a dumbass. <laughs> like, uh. You know, like, stuff like that, like, does make Aether Vial a truly complex match card, especially, like, sometimes you want to draw as many as possible. Sometimes you want to draw as few as possible. There's a deck-building restriction to playing a card like Aether Vial. Like, you have to clearly have enough creatures to make it relevant. Yep. You know, uh, 
in regards to not using but use it like playing against the card uh something like tabernacle at pender vale is actually a very very complex magic card like doing the the tax math with that card is kind of ridiculous <laughs> and like if you mess up you die because the decks that are playing tabernacle against you will punish you for yep. it right like that's just how that goes um also one of the cute bullshit interactions with tabernacle is that it specifies destroy that creature if you don't pay the tax which means Meritlage is immune to tabernacle <laughs> as mind-blowingly bullshit as that oh, is god old cards are wonderful they are not. <laughs> <laughs> okay um Doomsday is a super complex magic card, but of course it Dude, is. Dude, I goldfish with Doomsday <laughs> in my that's like Stormy DH deck I have, and I've melted my own brain by myself. Like, <laughs> like I think Doomsday is another one of those cards that people they get like they get mind blocked in their head. They're like, this card is everyone knows says this card is complicated, so it must be really really complicated. So they overthink yeah. things. Like, like I remember you, in like one of LSV's sign-offs on LR, it was like the top five cards that make chat go or Twitch chat go absolutely insane, and that was one of them. Like, yeah. I think of the top one actually, like just how like the crazy things people will say with it. Also, once again, just because of the deck building restrictions, the actual card Death Shadow is super complex. Fair enough. Like. You, that is one hell of a balancing act, and like learning how to play a Death Shadow deck properly is you're gonna die you're a lot because Shadow. you took one more damage. Yeah. So, yeah, like like I said, a lot of the magic cards that a lot of people say are super super complex, I don't. I feel like it's probably because I've interacted mm -hmm. with them a lot, so I built I built up like the muscle memory and like the history of knowing what I need to do so that it doesn't actually seem that complex mm -hmm. to me. But I do think a lot of it is overblown because let's be real, magic players want to feel smart. Uh, yeah, that we we do. So, so we say something is super complex because it makes us seem smart because we can do it easily. So. Okay. Cool. All right. Complex question. War versus M20 sealed. What set do I pick up a box of? My buddy and I are looking to split a box and want to do some sealed. What set do you think would be more fun to play? War or M20? We haven't played either set yet. <laughs> so... For sheer playability, I actually want to say M20. Because M20 is a core yep. set. Core sets are just going to have really good, like, limited and sealed environments. Like, that's just how core sets work, <laughs> right? Like, oh, there's no, like, blatantly ridiculous power level stuff that goes on. Not to mention that, like, the complexity of the power of the Planeswalkers in War of the Spark is obviously there. It's going to add a lot of complexity to the game. If they haven't played either, that makes me think that they're not like serious playing all the time magic players. So having the more complex and uh, overly powerful set could, you know, actually impact how much they enjoy what's going on. But if they have like a lot of relative experience, maybe they would enjoy like the sheer absurdity that can go on when when playing the guess what everyone opens at least six planeswalker <laughs> set, right? I do think in general that core sets are going to have a more balanced and fair experience. Uh, if they were just trying to crack a box for value, I'd say war because you're opening rare planeswalkers. Like the upside is just mm -hmm. so high. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The, there's there's a reason why I never stopped opening my war packs even after I got all my war stuff because uncommon and rare planeswalkers are just going to increase the value of the packs as you're cracking them. Like that's just going to happen because even those uncommon walkers are worth two to three dollars. I mean, planeswalkers sure. are planeswalkers even if they are uncommon. Yeah, like if they're not worth two to three dollars now, yeah. give them here. <laughs> They'll get there. Wait, wait till yeah. they rotate. <laughs> totally. Like they're going to see a lot of play. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the correct answer is actually a master set yeah. of some variety, and just you pack war each pack individually until you each pack war with six packs, and you build a seal pool out of those packs, and you play a maximize match. Maximize the value. Yeah, damn right. But you know, not everyone wants to spend 
We spent like less than three hours doing that. Yeah, we spent less than it. three hours and we built three sealed pools doing that, I think. Because yeah. we're great. So everyone else needs to get good. Um, <laughs> but. Okay. The next one is titled just Faithless Looting. So. It's been a hot topic today because of the ban list announcement, with a lot of folks thinking this card should have been hit or should have been considered for a hit. Personally, I love the card and wish Red still got looting, but I recognize that it's a pretty ubiquitous card in Modern, so with that in mind, players who think Faithless Looting should or potentially should be hit in Modern, what about it is the most problematic element? The fact that you can flash it back or the fact that you can cast it from the hand so cheaply or something else? I'm not trying to start a discussion about whether it should be hit. I'm more just trying to figure out what aspect of it makes it so strong. So the thing with Faithless Looting is it is just a worse brainstorm. I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> as, as, like, as weird as that yep. sounds, like a lot of people are always hung up about the fact like Faithless Looting is... As it, as it stands by itself as a magic card is not a problematic magic card. It is card selection at a disadvantage. Like that card would not be considered good in like olden days, right? Because uh, I remember actually when I first started playing Modern and I built Storm, I was told I shouldn't play Faithless Looting. I should instead play Desperate Ravings because Desperate Ravings you never went down a card and it didn't matter what mm -hmm. you discarded. I still played Faithless Looting. And then a few weeks later, John Finkel came out with his list and said he still played Faithless Looting because the selection was better. And I, I was going to say, smart. oh, just name drop in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, just saying, selection matters. Faithless Looting is not powerful because it's cheap. It's not powerful because of the card selection it gives you. It's powerful because of those reasons, plus it's an enabler. I mean, in some decks, it's like, just it, it's just um, uh, Ancestral Recall. Yeah, like the fact... Like it is, it's in the decks that want to take advantage of the graveyard. It's broken in the decks that just want to play it for value. It's just really freaking good. Like you know, if you cast that and you're like, oh, I guess I'll discard my, you know, two lingering souls. You just effectively drew four cards. Like, like that is an actually powerful thing that you just did. As to, and so the the Mardu Pyromancer decks and stuff like that, they. They play it in a very, very fair manner, but it's still a very powerful manner in which they do it. Even when the even when the card is being played fairly, it's still going to be powerful. I don't think that is like grounds for it being banned. Like I understand that it is abused, but modern is basically just constantly being pounded into the dirt by various graveyard mm -hmm. decks, right? Like every single problematic deck we've had lately has been a graveyard deck outside of um lantern of insight and that deck is just annoying and even that deck is kind of yeah. a graveyard deck their primary win con is recursioning a pyrite spell bomb to shoot you the classic you know <laughs> like they don't play a you know a true graveyard strategy but like that's still their primary win con outside of decking you if they can't if they can't uh if they can't deck you they have that's their other method right but like Graveyard decks just dominate the format, and Faithless Looting enables a lot of graveyard decks. I don't think that is necessarily condemning of Faithless Looting as the card, because while, yes, it's probably going to get banned They're at some point. They're just going to throw up their hands and just be like, all right. Like, there's a lot of people who think very highly of themselves who say that it's like the most powerful mm -hmm. card in modern. I think those pe I think I personally don't like those people because they think way too goddamn highly of themselves. And every time I hear them talk or read their writing, it sounds like they know that they're smart and they want everyone else to know that they're smart. They're really dumb. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, like it's it's powerful because it enables graveyard. It's broken because it enables graveyard strategies, but the graveyard strategies are still enabled by other things is just the most value for what it does i honestly don't think if you ban faithless looting it would impact how the format looks as much as people mm -hmm. think it does but the problem is when a deck is super powerful it's going to 
when a deck is super powerful and plays Faithless Looting, it's going to look even more powerful after it casts yeah. Faithless Looting. Because it's just kind of the best at what it does. Like, yeah, like, I do like the fairer versions of decks that do play Faithless Looting. I am awkwardly going to include Storm in this. Like, I do like the interaction with of Storm in Faithless, or Faithless Looting in Storm. I do like the interaction of Faithless Looting in Mardu Pyromancer, even though that deck's kind of gone by the wayside. I like the interaction of Faithless Looting in, like, the black-red uh, on Earth decks that are going on right now. Like, I do like those decks. I do also understand that sometimes it feels really bad when your dredge opponent got to go turn one Faithless Looting, bin two dredgers, and turn two, they cast out of Faithless Looting. Like, but that's yep. part of modern. <laughs> I've also heard people say that they think that Watsi is basically just going to treat Faithless Looting like Brainstorm is treated in Legacy. It's just too big to yeah. be banned. Maybe. I'm actually okay <laughs> with that, even though I think. I do think that putting Faithless Looting in the same column as Brainstorm is kind uh, yeah, of BS. Like... <laughs> I've cast both. I know which one is more powerful. The, the one with blue in its mana cost. Pitches to force yep. will. Dang right, makes it instantly better. Although, I'm not going to lie, I would be more inclined to Brainstorm for another blue card. Oh yeah, totally, I agree. Maximize that value. Right. <laughs> All right. Here's a hard-hitting one. I'm playing Arena and cannot seem to figure out how to use mass manipulation. It frustrates me to no end unless I'm playing it wrong in tabletop. Can somebody explain the X value for me because I just because I just can't get it to work for me? Thank you. I don't know how <laughs> I'm supposed to answer this question. <laughs> So you have to pay double X. So for six mana, you get to steal one creature, right? Like there's, it's X X blue uh, X, blue X, blue X, blue 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 blue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you choose you choose the value of That's X. That's where I think people get hung up is is they don't understand that you choose the value of X. You don't you don't say how much you're paying for the to like total X cost. You say the value of X is two. So if there's two X's, you pay four total. Like. Yeah, that's probably what's happening, but <laughs> yeah, that that's that's probably one hundred percent what it is, and that's just people not understanding how to use it in um, yeah. online clients. Because that's that's in in Magic, you don't say I'm yeah. I'm putting the value of X is two. You're like you're like yeah. four. I'm putting yeah. Y mana into X. You're saying you know yeah. I'm doing this for this much. And there are a lot of also new people who don't realize that when X is on there twice, you have to pay double what X yeah, is there, supposed to be. Like, yeah. I think I've seen people think it's like oh I can pay, I can choose the cost for the first X and the second X separately. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's, that's not, not how, how that works. works but... <laughs> It is not the actual proper way of coding yes, Fireball. This is true. Which, fireball is not the proper way of coding Fireball. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, Fireball technically uses X, Y, and Z. Does it? Is that the current templating? It did at one time. I don't know. Maybe it's just the templating. Yeah, I'm I don't know. There, of, there's but... been some weird templatings of Fireball over the years, but okay. That's what X damage divided amongst Y number of targets. So maybe it's only X and Y. Now, now I gotta look. Because you did this. One. So X needs to be even. Or X can be odd if Y is So the current templating more. is simpler. Yeah, the current templating <laughs> okay. is the spell costs one more to cast for each target beyond the first. Fireball deals X damage divided evenly rounded down among any number of targets. Okay. Yeah, it Fireball's is. Sweet. I think it was, yeah, I don't remember if it was one it's of messed the... Up. Um, one of the early early ones that did it. Oh, it wasn't. I wonder if it was like sixth edition or something like that. But it was a it was a GD mess for a while there. But yeah, okay. For a relatively simple card, because the correct answer is X equals yes, twenty exactly. in your face <laughs> after casting channel. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, something a little fun here, but um, what uncard would you like to see a blackboarded version of? I know that some cards from Unsets have eventually found their way into blackboarders, such as The Cheese Stands Alone into Baron Glory or Rocket Powered Turbo Slug into the Pack Cycle, 
So what other uncards would you like to see? Personally, my pick is yet another Aether Vortex. Making the top card of your library effectively in place seems like an interesting design that I think Black Border could potentially handle if worded properly. Uh, I'm just going to interject there and just say no. No, it could not. <laughs> I don't even remember what yet another Aether Vortex um, You does. play with the top card of your library revealed. If the top card of your library is a permanent, it's considered in play. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, we we have that in a not f***ed up way. It's called Future Sight. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thank you very much. You can cast that. This is just like you can attack with the top card of your library and shit. Like... That's why I said in a not yeah, fucked right. up way. Uh, Adorable. Yeah. Terrible. Ah, uh, I actually had... There was actually an uncard that I really liked for a while that I'm like, this card should be in Constructed. I think it was like Mario Kill. No, because okay. I like the interaction between her and Killbots. How you can just like save her by like putting them into play, and I like how the Killbots themselves were just bad. <laughs> yeah, they're like I, there's just like they're okay. They're too I many. Mean, bots, you could right? do a heck like, of a lot worse. Like I actually like Mario Kill as a card in general, and she's someone who I actually was considering building a um a commander deck around mm -hmm. for a while. The problem is you only get four Killbots and. Of what are you doing with your life if you're not cheating or in play with killbots? Yeah, pretty much right. Um, something that I actually really would like as a constructed thing would be contraptions. That would be they would be interesting. I went out of my way to get a play set, one of each contraption, because as far as I'm concerned, if they're ever going to build a contraption deck in real constructed they're going to not allow you to have more than one yeah. of each right so that makes sense and i actually think that like playing with contraptions would lead to like having a contraption deck would actually be really interesting constructed it would lead to a very crowded battlefield <laughs> but it's still one of those things that I actually i like the concept of con of con contraptions enough that I went out of my way to get a set of all of them, and I think it would be sweet to play with mm -hmm. contraptions. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. I also, I and also just because like the fact that the contraption deck itself is by its nature random, you only get the effects once every three turns, at, depending on where you put them on the cog wheel, mm -hmm. yada yada yada. I don't know, it could just lead to some interesting stuff. I also only really have experience with uh, Unstable, like, I never played with a lot of the old on stuff, so I don't really know how well that stuff... I don't. I never really played with it, know really much about it, and also feel like Unstable itself just seemed a little more true magic setty and a little less, these are all joke cards. Like, the, the cards were all did. silly, but the set played well. Like, like the other unsets did not play well. Yeah, they were actually designed well. yeah, to be played. Like, they were almost more designed to be read in some ways. Yeah, like they like they were basically designed mm -hmm. as a joke card that did a joke thing. Maybe you played them in a casual yeah. tabletop deck, as to where Unstable was literally designed and to you be could, drafted, and you could play it, and it sweet. functioned well. And like, I don't know, yeah. it was cool. I I really liked Unstable, so yeah. So I say contraptions just from the get go. Uh, there was some un. There's some other uncard that I actually wanted in like real paper. Uh, I don't yeah. remember what it is now. So, oh, super oh. secret tech. I want that in black border, so I can put it in Cranko. What one was, is that? The um, uh... thank you. Uh, it only comes. Oh, it's in the foil. one that you're. Yeah, like premium cards cost one less or something. Yeah. Yeah, premium cards cost one less, and premium creatures get plus one plus one. Uh, I'll, I'll get you that because for because in online magic premium cards produce premium tokens so Krenko only exclusively makes makes foil tokens <laughs> so all the tokens oh, get plus one, plus one okay there you go those are the three things I would like them from on sets to be legal in right. black border magic right, that's pretty good okay then they can make like a secret tech, which is super secret tech, but a non-premium. And you can only get it that way. Yeah, that would be I interesting. Guess. I mean, I, I mean that one just goes in almost every deck yeah, though, at exactly. that point. So, all right. 
So, choose two of six. In this video, we see a player building a 100-card singleton deck from a pack of 100 random dollar store cards. At 25-35 into the video, he has six, 60 cards chosen and needs two more before adding lands. He needs to choose two of these six cards. Commence the festivities, Chameleon Blur, Turn the Tide, Blossoming Wreath, Drowner Initiate, Call to the Netherworld. He picked Drowner Initiate and Turn the Tide. Did he make good choices? I think I would have gone with Blossoming Wreath myself. Play it mid-game in a creature-heavy deck, and you're looking at four or five life for one point of mana. BRB, looking up all so these goddamn the cards. So, commence the uses one, one in a green. Hold up. For, for I'm on... Whoops, I just looked up... I just, I just looked up Drowner Initiate. Whenever a player plays a blue spell, you may pay one. If you target a player, stop guess it. Alright, what, what color is this his deck already? Uh, I'm guessing it's blue and green, because those are the colors right now. Oh, and I Call guess. to... Uh, there must be black somewhere, because Call to the Netherworld is there. Alright, Commence the Festivities is a fog. Alright. Alright, so Commence the Festivities, what's the other one? So Let's commence the Festivities the uh, was a fog. Chameleon Blur is three and a green. Prevent all damage that creatures would deal to players this turn. Turn the, so turn the Tide is one and a blue instant. Creatures your opponent's control get minus two, minus zero until end of turn. Uh, Blossoming Wreath is a green instant. Uh, gain light equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. And then Drowner Initiate is a 1-1 one, one for 1 that when you play a blue spell, you pay 1. No. Yeah. yeah. And then Cult of the Netherworld is a black card. Which I think is just out. <laughs> like what, uh, Black Sorcery, return target, black creature from card from your graveyard to your hand. Madness for 3. Or No, Madness 0. Sorry, I, I'm looking at really small text on it. Alright. Uh, so your options are fog, 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 mill card, more garbage fogs, yep. uncastable. I can, actually the if it if it's madness for zero and you have a madness theme, you can still cast True. it for free. I think it's madness zero. But you have to return a black creature. That, card. That's the thing is, is you have to return a no, black sorry, creature right. card. It's like, I mean, maybe he's actually playing Saltai. Yeah. Who knows. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably on the mill creature because I think Bogs. Yeah, I'm on Drowner Initiate because it's actually a win con, and yeah. Fogs are terrible. But there's no way so... you pick Blossoming Wreath over one of the Fog cards, do you? Like that just seems no, silly. It's just like worse. a straight gain life card over either. Like you either take a Fog or turn the tide. Yeah. That, the minus again, two minus zero. Yeah, which yeah. is basically a fog. At that point, just take an actual yeah, fog. Yeah, I think right? you just take commence festivities. Yeah, like commence and the mill guy because reasons. What was the guy's reasoning for wanting the uh, game? Because card? you could gain like four or five life for one mana. Yeah, okay. it sounds like a yeah, new player. That's like. <laughs> Sorry, you bringing up madness actually okay. reminded me of something. Have you ever actually read the templating on Madness right uh, now? Yes, I have. It's It sounds ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's actually a but functional plays, change from how it used to be. But it actually plays out really yep. well once you know what you're mm -hmm. doing. I had a, I heard a Yu-Gi-Oh! player today. I think he was trying to like impress some girl he was talking to. <laughs> trying to trying to say how, like, well, one, she was like... I used to like magic, but then it just seems like it's they've it's gotten way too commercialized. Okay. She's playing the fucking card game that has multiple anime series attached to it, but magic is too commercialized. Yep. Thank you very much. Uh, and he's like, just listen to this card, and he starts talking. He starts ex uh, reading the fiery fiery temper. Yep. And he's like, ex like he's he's reading the rules text on madness. And he's like, that's just way more complicated than it needs to be. Yu-Gi-Oh! is way more simple than this. And I, like, peek around the corner, and I look at David, the employee. I'm like, David, which game is more f***ed, Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh? He's like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Hands down. I'm like, that's what I thought. Your fellow Yu-Gi-Oh! players disagree with you. <laughs> it's like, god damn. Uh, 
like the reason why madness reads like a pile of garbage is because it needs to work within the rules but it actually plays out really well unlike Yu-Gi-Oh, which is basically watching two players see who can beat off faster (laughs) usually i'm okay with that but yeah yeah usually you win right (laughs) you gotta be able to speed run something (laughs) speaking of which I might be tempted to try and get you to speedrun Halo with me once I'm actually collection. Sign that F up. All right. All right. I'm going to ask you another insane question. I... All right. The title of this post is 150 lands enough for a 500 card deck. I'm supporting 350 non-land cards. Is 150 lands enough? Roughly 250 cards in the deck produce mana. Battle of Witches is 300 cards, isn't it? Uh, yes. I'm just going to include this little fun. So the top thread in this is somebody replying, 500 card deck, what? And the response from the, the poster is, and it's not even a battle of... And, and it's not even Battle of the Wits. <laughs> so why? <laughs> That's not the question. <laughs> I think that's a perfect. <laughs> that's valid actually question. the vast majority of the questions in the th- thread. It looks like. How many croissants do you think we can show up this dead dog's <laughs> anus? I'm sorry. What? Why exactly? That's not the question. <laughs> that's not the question. Uh, <laughs> disagree. <laughs> disagree on principle. <laughs> a. What kind of croissants? B. What kind of dog? C. The f- uh, is wrong with you. <laughs> Somebody, somebody, somebody uh, replied, I have to know what's the game plan, and someone else replied, not lose to Mill. <laughs> that is game plan. Mill will deck okay. out first. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to default to saying no. That is not okay. enough lands. 250 of the cards um, in that are, are mana producers also, like mana rocks and crap. Yeah, but three mana mana rocks don't really count, right? Like, not when what you're doing. So the problem with scaling up a deck that large is that you're the more cards in the deck, the more variances in that deck, the more possible combinations in that deck increases exponentially with every single card beyond sixty. What the f- is wrong with you? Uh, so as a result of that, you are much more likely to like have like the top fifty cards of your deck be non lands. If you're playing a deck with 50 non-lands and 10 lands, then you are if you're playing like then if you're playing 200 non-lands and 40 mm-hmm. lands, right? Like that's just how variance works. Uh, as a result of that, if he's worried about actually being able to cast his spells on time, I think he actually needs to increase the percentage of lands over the you know con- you know universally accepted 33 percent, where one third of your lands is your deck is lands. Like just if he's worried about casting his spells, he's it's going to have to to be higher than okay. one fifty. I don't know how much higher than one fifty, but I would want to I go mean, higher. Realistically, than in the end, it doesn't matter because you're playing a five hundred card deck. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't even know. What to say. <laughs> like, like, I have to admire you actually. Like, took a serious crack at that one. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's kind of why yeah. I'm here, okay. but I'm not going to lie. It's not the dumbest question I've been asked by someone. Yeah, right. It's, it's not the dumbest question I have on this list either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. This is actually one that I didn't have in the stupid questions category too, because I'm just curious to see what you say, but it's kind of an interesting. It's a weird question. Okay. Uh, card right. band flavor wise. In my head, when we play this wonderful game, we fight on the most recent plane that Watsi invites us to. Bar fights occur for standard wizards, and epic battles are waged for modern wizards. What happens flavor-wise when cards are banned? Is there an unwritten rule that all wizards just agree not to use those spells, save for those crazy vintage and legacy wizards? Huh. So, I would say that, like, in this reality, Watsi are basically the deities, right? Okay. Sure. Like is that is that a relatively sure. fair I'll, assessment? I'll, resolves. So 
it's not that hard to believe that like said all-powerful deity because that is what watsi truly amounts to being they literally create and destroy by their own whims would be able to just erase the thoughts of that said spell from existence like and as like maybe what they're doing is they're erasing it from existence but like the lore reason why it's still legal in older formats is the people playing those older formats as he said it's like these grand huge battles being waged by like people playing vintage maybe the power of said of said uh planeswalkers waging those battles they're they're powerful enough that the deities can't truly take the the memories of what those things were out of their minds i i do that's actually impressive like that you even came up with anything for that yeah like it's it's kind of like how you know when you're like level one adventurer you don't know about the orbs of dragon kind which like had previously enslaved like the entirety of the dragonoid races but once you get to like level 15 and shit like you just know they exist like you found out about them you'll go on a hunt for them all right, there, there hey. you go. You got set. I had, hey, I had to hit up some of those flavor great. questions too. Okay. All right. Has anyone else been noticing that many cards in M twenty packs are very dirty with layers of dust on them? I opened a booster box that had and had to keep wiping them off because the dust was very noticeable. No. Okay. So, best rotation-proof deck. I'm going to start standard in September, but since M- uh, M2P is the last set before rotation, okay, um, what deck should I buy to be rotation-proof? I'm Mather. really, I'm really interested in elementals and reanimator. Feather. That that was my answer. Feather. <laughs> the deck is rotation-proof. It's losing nothing. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, it is. Reckless rage. losing. Okay, fine. It's losing an actually really good card. Yeah, it's actually losing a good card, but like it's All a right. card that you can easily. Re- I think, well, not easily, but like is recoverable. If, you yeah. Know. Otherwise, but. like the Teamer Elementals deck that's currently seeing a lot of play is mostly powered by the commons and uncommons in M20 and uh, uh, Mr. Cheeto Fingers, as Emma Handy refers to Omnath. <laughs> Cheeto Fingers. <laughs> Uh, and that deck's not losing anything because it's big payoff. It's big top end is like it's entirely M20 plus some uh, stuff from Ravnica. So that's also not going away. So sure, that's also fine. Blood for Bones, Reanimators, a deck you can just build, I'm pretty sure, if you wanted to. <laughs> Reanimate a Vithis, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Also, screw people who want to be rotation. Yeah, <laughs> All right. I'm just working on any questions that are like time specific here, and any of the ones that are like time agnostic, I'm just going to leave on the list just in case we decide to do this again. I actually am really enjoying this. Okay, I I kind of am too. Actually, you got some really good stuff, but okay. Here's a dumb one. Well, it's actually not dumb, but like it's not super good either. So, um, dinosaurs. Is there a way to stop marauding raptor from spawning infinite polyraptors? I'm looking to combo these two. And crash through for a funny win con. Yes. Like any sack outlet, any removal spell, like anything that will interrupt the triggering will stop it. Because it's only triggering one at a time. It's not like it just triggers infinitely, right? Yeah, it triggers like, one at a time. All the. Yeah, it triggers one at a time. So you either sock, sack the poly, the, the final polyraptor copy you want in response to the trigger triggering, or you sack the marauding raptor so it can't actually deal the damage, or you kill or one of the two or the other, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes. Do you need to play another color? Not even necessarily that. You can just, you know, you can have 10 mana open, cast your polyraptor, make a bunch of polyraptors, and then... Um, uh, lightning strike the marauding raptor. Unless your goal is to make the marauding raptor, you know, pseudo infinitely large. In which case, you need a way of sacking the polyraptor. There's probably uh, a way to do that. Uh. Yeah, I mean, like you could even like play Naya. Ryle's an instant, right? You can like play yeah. Naya with Trapjaw Tyrant, which is actually a really sweet card that's seen at zero play because it's 
not that good. And you could like exile, you know, you could rile your trapjaw tyrants in response to the final uh, Hydra entering the battle or the final Polyraptor entering the battlefield. It gets exiled, trapjaw tyrant. The damage is never triggered, never creates another copy. Yeah, there's many, many ways of breaking up the infinite combo. You just need a million mana because Polyraptor costs eight. Yeah. And that's a really high mana cost. This is true. Okay. All right. What's the better format? My friends and I have had this argument for a while. We have narrowed it down to two formats. EDH and Modern. A couple of friends what? and I prefer Commander, but there are people who prefer Modern. I wanted to send this to the masses to what you guys think. EDH. Uh, they're both terrible. Get out of my house. <laughs> like, I love that it's like, that's what it's been narrowed down to. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> EDH is the better format because it has a social contract. Mm-hmm. I'll allow it. All right. Okay. Last one. Sure. Okay. All right. So, is Yagmoth the strongest being encountered in all of the magic canon? I'm just wondering what the strongest thing we have relatively seen in MTG lore is. Emrahul. Okay. No offense to Yogmoth, but he affects a single plane at a time. Emrahul is has never truly stepped foot on a plane. And has uh, messed them up. <laughs> and has destroyed them. Because that's what Emrahul does. Yogmoth is well. I think Yogmoth's last iteration was insanely powerful, but he was only human from the get-go. Embercool is an otherworldly being, like, kind of hard to compete against that. Yogmoth was never even a planeswalker. Strongest human? He easy hands okay. down. Just from what he accomplished, like when when in his last iterations he was no longer human. His actual last physical manifestation was literally the death cloud. Yeah. Like just a gigantic sweeping black cloud of, you know, death. Uh, black mana, technically, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, he's clearly been able to transcend humanity, but he was still only human. And uh, Emrakul is so messed up that she was able to mutate dead, dead cells. Like, that's not just something that you can just do on a whim. Not even Yogmoth can beat death. Yeah. Well, I think he did, but yeah, that's besides yeah, the point. He perfected death. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That 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 is not something that I say lightly. No. That Yogmoth is not the most powerful being. But I mean, against anything except Eldrazi, he would literally teabag them. Yeah, pretty much. So. Bolus, please sit sit down, son. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you crushed most of those pretty hard. When I get in the right frame of like minds and I'm properly motivated, I can give some pretty sweet stuff for a lot of sweet questions. I mean, some of those ones that I threw in there just to kind of screw with you, you actually like gave serious answers to, and I was like, okay. (laughs) So here's the thing, though, right? Like normal idiot like off the street why ask me one of those questions and i give him a look like he's yep. an idiot you ask me these questions and i'm going to take them seriously because i know you're not just asking them entirely out of your own stupidity i'm asking like, because i find i just find it hilarious and just want to see you your eye twitch or something like that yeah yeah like you either want to get humor out of this <laughs> or you want to actually see my opinion on uh, it and that's actually worth giving a response to <laughs> Yeah, I I was saying before I was gonna ask you the question I ran across that was um uh, uh from somebody who posted on there is uh, MTG Goldfish down for just me or is it down for everyone else right now? <laughs> but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, let's see here, MTG Goldfish. Did you mean MTG Goldfish? Nope, it's up nope. for me. Just it's, just, it's just them. Okay, good. We've answered it. <laughs> All right, so um, if you want to shoot us some feedback, send us an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com. Um, catch us on Twitter at the local meta PC. 
Um, if you go to thelocometa.com, you can check out all of our episodes and there's links to fun things like the Discord. Um, and there's actually a bunch of people on it now. Um, not much, not a ton of talking, but it's happening. But there's people. There's people there. That's the first thing. We step. can force them so to communicate feel, with us. Feel free to say things and stuff like that whenever you want to, um, if you're already on the Discord. We like starting up discussions about interesting things like, you know, magic and whether MTG Goldfish is up or down. Um, so, yeah. Ask me if it's worth playing Naya for Feather. Yeah. Let's, yeah, out. we'll do that one. Um, <laughs> but, all right, yeah. Um, that's all that. John, anything else? No, I'm cool. good. And, that was yeah, a good time. That was a good time. I'm okay with that. Let us know what you thought about it uh, using the methods provided. So. Uh, other than that, yeah, we will catch you next time.